right, the big one zero, number 10 here. And you're, I know what you're saying. It's it's 10 too many. I get it. I'm not stopping, though. I might as well keep going now. I already got 10 down. Uh, big race weekend with uh, Leger. I, I don't understand how it's Leger, and then it's also something else. Hout. How do they pronounce it? I don't even know. How, port, uh, how to Savoy. Boy, am I bad at my foreign languages. My apologies. Big weekend, though. Lots of good stuff happening at that uh, that race, especially, in my opinion, on the women's side. Um, we got some tidbits, a couple weird things going on, and then some really cool old-school stuff. And uh, we'll find something to uh, fill up a half hour. Let's go. This is Short Travel Magazine. Interesting tidbits, curated just for you. All right, some tidbits. Uh, first, before I go any farther, I, can anybody explain to me what the World Series, UCI Mountain Bike World Series is? I know it's new this year, but isn't that already called the World Cup. If you go to their website, it's still called Leger World Cup. So, does the World Series mean it's got something to do with downhill being part of it? I don't understand the rebranding, the necessity for the rebranding, but hey, we'll figure that out some other day. Uh, Still doesn't make sense. Uh, This weekend, apparently, is the big weekend where a lot of teams are uh, making deals to swap riders or to uh, not swap you know what I mean to uh, get some new racers and get rid of some old racers uh, I've heard absolutely zero scuttlebutt as far as uh, who's who's leaving and who's joining other than some under 23 uh, that Samara Maxwell apparently is cleaning up pretty well the under 23 and I'm she doesn't really have a major factory sponsor yet so I'm sure somebody will will grab her right away interesting uh Lene is that I say your name Burkay uh Canyon she she pretty much uh cleaned house in the under 23s and she's in the elites this year and is you know doing okay but certainly she's kind of off the radar back in the 20s, 30s usually, which is still good, but I guess we got spoiled with Loana and uh, Mona and those, uh, and even Evie Richards when, you know, they just come over and start kicking butt. But anyway, so uh, I'd be very curious to see what happens. I guess uh, you generally don't find out the actual team switches till much closer to the end of the year. I believe most contracts are over December 31st, so... You usually hear a few things. Sometimes you hear it early, so um, I would think Trek is pretty well set, and Specialized seems to be free to swap people in and out. Cannondale could possibly use somebody uh, now that Evansini is, well, he's been gone for a few years, but uh, so I don't know. Kind of interesting uh, time of year. I don't know why it matters so much, but I just I like to picture in my head where these people end up. And then, of course, they never end up on the right teams that I imagine them. 
uh, but that's okay. Um, what else? Uh, Haley Batten is using the old SRAM shifter. I found that, I still find that interesting until that new, uh, new one comes out, that Nino, and uh, I think he's the only one I've seen. Uh, maybe somebody in Specialized had one. Um, they're still using the old paddle just like I, I like, so that's kind of cool. Uh, the other tidbit I noticed, now this could be part of racing, but still a tidbit, is if seems to be very few flat tires this year. Uh, Nino, of course, has had two in the last two races, but other than that, it seems to be fairly uh, flat-free. I mean, probably the least I can recall. I don't know if it's because everybody's using the inserts or just pure dumb luck that nobody is having issues, but that's kind of cool. Um, other interesting tidbit I noticed, and this is something I would never even consider. Ann Tauber kind of had some uh, had her time at the in the podium uh, era. Well, I don't know, well, three four years ago. For some reason, I just like Ann Tauber. I don't know if it's her smile or what, but she seems kind of cool. And being a speed skater in the off uh, off months, it's kind of cool to see somebody who's into multiple sports like that. Anyway, she glues. Sorry for that noise. If you heard it, she glues half of a grip on top of her other grip, her right hand. If you look, there's a picture. Uh, she literally chops a foam grip in half and glues it, must be some type of epoxy or something, right on top of her regular grip. So it's twice as tall and apparently something to do with a shorter right arm. I don't know if that's l literal, her arm is shorter, or if she, I don't know. But I thought, wow, that's kind of a weird thing that I've never seen in all my years. Somebody uh, gluing half a grip. Maybe it's because the old days of rubber grips wouldn't glue very well. That part I'm not sure. So overall, I just liked kind of uh, seeing a nice dry, hot race again. And that's pretty cool. So not a whole lot else in tidbits other than uh, still waiting on some, some new bike stuff to uh, kind of come out. I know we've been we've already privy to the Super Caliber. I still don't get... Why Trek doesn't have a 100, 120 mil cross-country bike, but they do not. Um, one other tidbit is a kind of a discussion we were having over on mtbr.com about Yeti bikes going consumer direct as of, I think, roughly a week ago, maybe two weeks ago. And that brought up some interesting conversations Buying things direct, you know, everybody does it. Everything buys it online, but spending seven to fifteen thousand dollars on a bike without throwing a leg over it first uh, does seem a little strange. I mean, obviously, in a perfect world, everybody would go test ride uh, their bikes and then buy one, and everybody lives happily ever after. So I, I was looking at Canyon. And Santa Cruz a couple about a month ago when I was thinking of a new bike and the difficulty of finding one in a store even within four or five hour drive and I'm in Chicagoland so I've got Milwaukee and Madison and I've got some pretty big cities I should be able to uh, find at least 
my size, not necessarily the color. Uh, I, I was having, it was almost impossible for me to find an Epic uh, Pro in my size or a Santa Cruz Blur in my size where I could go and now Trek I couldn't find at all, but they were phasing out the 2023s. Maybe everybody was. So I would not be against buying something like that, but man, there better be a way to send it back and what a pain in the butt it would be to actually return a whole bike after riding it. I've done worse. I've returned lawnmowers and things, so I guess it's not impossible. I know Lauf uh, gravel bikes, they've got a hundred buck, I believe, flat fee they charge for a return, which is fair. They, you know, flat hundred bucks and send it back and that's the end of it. So interesting to see what the consumer direct model keeps uh, going for high-end cross-country bikes. Uh, that's it. Let's get into some uh, old-school stuff real quick here. Let's talk about the old school. All right, I'm really excited about the old school today. Now, if anybody listening to this is not into the old school, that is my apologies. I just happen to be quite a lover of the historical uh late 80s, 90s era of cross-country and mountain biking. And, of course, uh, John Tomac is one of my favorites of all time. In fact, I'm looking at a killer poster I had professionally framed of him a couple feet off the ground bombing down, I believe it's Mammoth Mountain uh, from Grip Shift. Actually, has a Grip Shift logo, which I don't think they've used in 30 years on any material. So that's kind of cool. Anyway... Uh, somebody, uh, I was talking about, uh, this came up with Yeti and Tomac, uh, you know, riding for Yeti in the early days. And lo and behold, somebody on uh, MTBR sends me a link that they just posted today. I subscribed to this channel, so I'm not sure why I didn't actually get it. Um, the Pros Closet have a killer historical video of Tomac and more importantly, the uh, Yeti C26 carbon tubed bike that they came out with it was only out for a year or two and it sounds like they only made maybe a dozen total they were sounds like a pain in the butt to actually make so they were more or less kind of prototypes uh julie Furtado and tomac both used them and it's zapata espinoza mountain bike action which believe it or not i actually just subscribed to a paper magazine for the first time in years the only bike magazine left at my local uh, grocery store magazine rack, which they've completely cut in half, by the way. I mean, I love magazines. I've got stacks of them. I honestly don't really buy them anymore because they're asking $7, $8 for a 50-page magazine that's about a millimeter thick now. You know, I feel for them. You know, there's not enough revenue. I guess they got to charge $7 for a magazine. But anyway... I was I picked one up at the uh, mountain bike action was still on the the stand that's the only bike left bike magazine left no more bicycling no more anything and flipping through it had some kind of cool stuff now Zapata Espinosa was the editor or the the main dude over there for many 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 years and was there at the beginning took a lot of the photos of the early races so he's of course you know a Hall of Famer himself, as a journalist, if you will. 
Uh, so I enjoyed it enough. He's back at the magazine, I think. And his name's all over it. It was pretty cool. So they had a deal for uh, 19 bucks for the whole year. That's 12 issues, not like uh, some of these magazines where they put 10 issues a year. Nope, 12 very, I mean, it was just like old, old times, 38 bucks for uh, two years. I went and did two years. So I kind of look forward to getting something in the mail. I could go read this stuff online. I, I didn't even buy the digital edition for an extra five. I, I actually like the paper. I kind of miss paper magazines. It's just something to uh, enjoy almost anywhere. So that's kind of cool. But um, that's what, he's the one who's kind of the host, if you will, the interviewer. Uh, of John Tomac, they actually whip out the C26 bike, and Tomac sits down and goes over it and talks about it. It was just a fan, and then John Parker is in it, and a lot of history, a lot, a lot of really interesting early day talk about the equipment that I find fan. I mean, it, Tomac's already said everything he could ever say about his racing career, but to me, it was very interesting about the uh, even the brakes and the Manitou fork and all these things. Uh, that Tomac was a kind of kind of a cutting edge uh, gear man back in the day. He always had some really cool stuff. In fact, he had a lot of gear and parts that never really were for sale at a bike shop. They just like Tioga made a bunch of stuff. I never saw anywhere you could buy any of it. So pretty cool. I'm gonna put a link on my website uh, shorttravelmag.com, or you could just uh, go to YouTube and search for Pro's Closet. I believe it's the pros closet and you should see the video i think it came out today so that's kind of cool um so let's get into the big race over the weekend got quite a few things i want to discuss about that let's go racing news and views okay big 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 race weekend a uh, couple weird things let's start off with something weird jordan saru if you look at his jersey and this the whole trend with the zipperless jerseys that look like they're made out of toilet paper they're so thin uh, I, I don't get the zipperless jersey anyway he he looked like he ripped the collar off in the front of his uh, skin tight uh, weird napkin jersey in fact I'm sure he did if you look the whole front inside is look, literally looks like somebody ripped it off as if it was like too tight or something very weird uh so that was kind of cool but more importantly uh let's talk about the american women specifically they had a heck of a great weekend in my opinion i mean Haley batten fourth in both races uh she just looked like the i mean she looked great she was putting her head down and flying so fourth in both the short track and the XCO, that's that's fantastic. And, of course, everybody knows probably that she had a concussion and has missed a whole bunch of races, I think. She only did the first or second one. So that's really, really uh, encouraging. Sevilla Blunk. Sevilla, I don't really know how to say it. Short track, she had 11th, and Kate Courtney was in 13th. More importantly, I think, than the numbers is they were only 20, 25 seconds down uh, from the winner. So they, this was not like a case where they were two minutes back in a 20-minute race. They were up there. So that's kind of cool. 
And of course, the XCO, the long race, Sevilla uh, Blunk, fifth place. So to see Haley Batten and Blunk both on the extended podium was pretty cool. Uh, Miss Blunk was definitely happy and looked kind of cool in her USA jersey up there. So that's, I mean, that's, you know, that's one step. Once they get up there, maybe uh, with a little a little luck, a little extra pushing, uh, everything aligns, maybe they end up, you know, second, third, or even winning one. Uh, I, I could see Haley Batten getting getting up even a couple further. Uh, with Mona, I don't know. Mona is kind of having one of those couple race weekends like uh, Rebecca Henderson had. Uh, was it last year? Was it two years ago? Uh, where she just kind of went on a run there and won three or four in a row and then kind of dropped off a little bit. So I don't know. I, little Mona seems to be comfortable now that she's won f a few. I think she finally figured out having a good short track, putting in the extra effort to get up on the front row and then immediately being in the front group. All she's got to kind of do is sit back and wait a little while and she could pounce just like she did. She kind of pulled a Pauline Ferran Prevost where she stays up front, waits a couple laps in, kind of senses that uh, people are struggling a little and then takes off for the win. So that was cool. Uh, snowshoe. I don't know if Mona's ever raced snowshoe. Did she do it last year? Maybe. Um, kind of a weird track. It's, you know, that's the only World Cup I've been to in 30 years. Um, there's no, I mean, there's lots of climbing, but it's not like, uh, you know, huge climb. So I don't know. I'm, I'm not picturing Mona taking the win, uh, in two weeks in the U.S. I'm thinking maybe that's back to a Keller or a Haley Batten or somebody, even a, a Sevilla could could definitely maybe uh, get some extra motivation there. So that's kind of cool. Um, what else? Let's talk something else I noticed that I like to do think about is I've really been studying um, people, uh, men and women's forks, the uh, suspension movement. And cause, mainly because I've been having issues with mine. I, I can't quite get full travel out of, I got a hundred mil fork, I'm getting maybe 70-ish out of it, and that's at a race, it had some fairly decent uh, drop-offs and things, so I'm, I've been experimenting with pressures, I rebuilt the whole thing, uh, I took out a bottomless token last night, I'm going to try and see if that kind of pushes uh, things a little more, anyway, so I've been looking at these guys the last couple of days, and these forks that they're, although I got to admit, it's mainly rock shocks. The Fox don't seem to be moving as much, but these things are bouncing up and down. I mean, they'll just be pedaling on a flat, flattish kind of a grass field, and that fork will be constantly moving back and forth. Uh, I don't know exactly how these guys set things up. Obviously, they know what they're doing there. They can tune these forks to perfection, but they seem to all be getting full travel out of their forks. I mean, if you look at the end, if you can see some of the close-up shots, their little O-rings are 
all the way touching the crown. So they're getting full 100 or 120 or 110, whatever they're using, travel out of these things. I most certainly am not. But it got me wondering if the rebound is, it looks like it's way, way high because they are just bouncing and bouncing. So I'm going to experiment turning up my rebound so it's a little quicker and see if I can get some full travel. So curious. I mean, if you look at everybody, you just watch it, you know, especially this new, uh, well, all the forks, but the new flight attendants really seem to be working hard. So that's kind of cool. Of course, Blevins on the men's side got himself an eighth in the short trek, which got him a nice front row. He, you know, they certainly don't show in these race coverage very many places beyond the top four or five. Everybody's already admitted that on the forums that everybody noticed. You know, we'd love to see more of the kind, uh, you know, 10 to 30. I'd like to see a little bit of everybody, to be honest with you. A lot of these uh, parts of these races, these laps, they stay more or less the same as far as positions go. So it'd be nice maybe if they could zip around and show, follow a little more of the uh, people kind of in the middle. Uh, I don't remember exactly what he finished in, Blevins, but maybe he can pull something out of his hat for snowshoe. Again, he's had really good luck there. Maybe he can get a podium spot. Um course Nino you know what's there to say about Nino he and his early race interview kind of didn't seem a whole lot uh into the ray yeah you know I'm in the 40th spot whatever then he goes out there and just kind of I mean Kretzky was going to win I think come hell or high water he looked extremely determined but Nino was right there you know he he still got it even with a flat tire now he lost what 30 roughly 30 seconds and would that have meant that he could have kept up with Koretsky all the way to the end? I don't know if that would have happened. Um, but, man, he looked great. And for Koretsky to come out and win both races. And, again, remember, he had a really good world championships. He, he had a really good last race. I think he got second, short track and things. So sounds like he's on the mend and fully uh, ready to compete again. All in all, I just uh, I enjoyed it. They, they kept talking about the heat, you know, and then they were dumping water all over themselves. So it didn't sound like it was only in the 80s, maybe. Maybe with the sun and being high up like they are, maybe that was extra hot. I don't know. But it was a really good weekend, and uh, I, I really look forward to uh, watching Snowshoe. I actually have one big race a year that I've been doing forever is happens to be the September 30th, the same weekend as Snowshoe. And for other reasons, I decided not to go to Snowshoe again this year. I went in 19 right before COVID. And uh, that was the last time. Thought I might go this year again, but that ain't going to happen. Maybe I'll get lucky and they'll find somewhere new next year. Uh, rumor mill has it. Um, that somewhere in New York, I believe. Wyndham? Uh, it wasn't Wyndham. Somewhere on the far east coast is going to get a World Cup next year. So maybe I'll take a road trip and uh, go somewhere new. That'll be cool. So I look forward to that. Uh, what else? That's about it. It's going to be probably uh, pretty quiet aside from the 
Olympic test event in Paris this weekend? No. Next weekend? 24th, I might be next weekend. Weekend before snowshoe. So a lot of these racers have no time to waste. And finally, Casey Hildebrand, a guy I interviewed from Wisconsin, is going to push the uh, cyclocross season hard this year. He's taking, from what it sounds like, many weekends off here in a row. And he's flying out to Virginia to start the first UCI. And then he's going to do as many of them as he can. So we'll have a special thing on that. I know some of you don't care about cyclocross, but as the mountain bike season will be over, unfortunately, very soon, I like to pivot to cyclocross to kind of keep keep me interested in cycling all through the cold months. So we'll have a little focus on that. Uh, I am going to head up to the Trek CX Cup this year, I believe, just to watch. I think there's going to be a fair amount of cross-country people also there, as a lot of them will already be in the country for uh, Snowshoe and Mount, Mount St. Anne. So rumor has it you might see quite a few XC people uh, over there. So that'll be cool. So that's it for now. Um, see you next week. Uh, and I'm sure something cool will come up and I'll find some stupid stuff to talk about. All right, have a good weekend. Talk to you. Thank you ever so much for listening to Short Travel Magazine. 